primetime meeting between the Bears and the Vikings, Kirk Cousins finally got a win at Soldier Field in a 19-13 win against the Chicago Bears last Monday night. David, what's going to happen now? What is the outlook for this team moving forward, considering the defense looked good, the special teams played well and scored the most touchdowns for the Bears, mm-hmm. and the offense looked terrible? What was the answer? Because right now, it seems like the Bears have tried everything. They've tried different running backs. They've tried different formations. They tried the Wildcat package on Monday night. They, they tried different play callers. Like, how do you change anything when you're seeing a repeated failure in the offensive production? Well, the Bears are kind of entering a uh, destination I like to call football purgatory, or in sports, you don't want to be in purgatory. It's kind of that, well, you, you're not quite bad, you're not quite good, you're in the middle. And the issue is, obviously, it takes three phases of the game to win, and you need to be at least good in all three phases. Bears are excellent in defense, they're good in special teams, but they're below average in offense. I think this will take more than just duct tape. They are going to need to really reorganize and reevaluate in the offseason and draft some offensive players, primarily starting at the um, O-line. They did finally get back Cody Whitehair, the starting center, who was on the injured list or injured reserve because of COVID-19. And as you could see, uh, Nick Foles was under pressure the whole game. And on his last play of the game, he actually got roughed up pretty good and ended up, I think, with the hip pointer. I think this is going to this is going to go all the way up to the top to Ted Phillips and he needs to decide if uh Pace or Nagy should be around next season because there are a lot of personnel decisions on the offensive side of the ball that are not panning out right now particularly at the starting quarterback position. Okay, so it sounds like what it's going to come down to is management and the coaching staff, management and the strategic long-term planning by Pace and the execution at the quarterback position. Right. Sounds like what you're saying. Right. And um, the issue is, this past offseason, they elected to go with Nick Foles, who's been in that Matt Nagy's system before, so they went with familiarity rather than going with the cheaper options of Teddy Bridgewater or Andy Dalton. So now it's kind of like they're financially committed to Nick Foles unless they cut him. And then uh, Trubisky is kind of screwed in this whole scenario because he can't prove his worth. He's going to probably have to sign a one-year prove-it deal either with the Bears or some other team. And I think he'd probably go somewhere else at this point, unless yeah. there's a, a change at head coach. I think that the whole Trubisky thing is, you know, really peculiar because the whole Chicago fan base, I, it felt like for a while started to pile on Mitch and started to blame Mitch for a lot of the problems. And it's almost like in the past two weeks, you've seen like a total reversal where Mitch is like our last hope as the fan base. And it really, like, proves how the Bears, in my opinion, kind of did Trubisky wrong. And that, you know, in Chicago, you know, it's the city of big shoulders, and everybody works hard for what they get, and you expect to get what, what you're due, right? And it seems like Mitch did everything right, and he got fired as a 3-0 and quarterback, which just doesn't seem right. And so I just think it's, like, it's just snowballing. The whole just chaotic era of Matt Nagy is coming to a point it seems like and I I really hate to like buy into a lot of these like media narratives because I think they love to cause controversy and cause conflict when there isn't any but to me it seems like you had a quarterback who you fired for no real good reason other than he wasn't the best and you fired him for someone who clearly isn't the best which just those two ideas don't seem 
to connect for me. And so I, I think Trubisky has really been done a disservice by the Bears. And so I, I would expect he goes somewhere else. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think uh, Trubisky will go somewhere else. I think it needs to be in a coach player friendly, uh, player friendly system, kind of similar to the first system that he had when he was starting quarterback under Nagy. Um, I think a good fit potentially would be, I know the Titans would be an interesting fit for him. Um, I think uh, the Raiders would be an interesting fit, even though I know they have Mariota already there. Yeah, he, he could land a lot of different places. But I think even the, Arizona. The thing, well, the real thing that we take away, though, is that you're going to lose a quarterback that we were told four years ago was going to be the future. He was worth training up for. And then you're going to probably lose Allen Robinson at this point. Yeah, right? Allen like, Robinson's not, so over it. He's so over it, this. And so now you're going to be looking at a receiver's room that's like headed by Anthony Miller, who I think he has a lot of potential and a high ceiling, but he's been a kind of streaky, I thought, this year in terms of execution. But I think that could really come together. But the problem is you're not going to have a quarterback that can help a receiver like that. Right. You know, like you would hope that you'd have someone who can like really put the ball on a spot so that Anthony Miller doesn't have to do more than he than he's already doing. Because it seems like when he gets the ball, he's doing a lot. He is. Um, he's I just mean, on that, on that punt return, we saw it, right? Yeah. Um, so you're going to have Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, I guess Jimmy Graham, and then I don't know who else to really catch balls. Even though, I mean, Cole Komet was wide open at the end of that drive at the end of the first quarter, and Nick Foles just decided not to throw to him for the touchdown. So he's potentially another big target that they'll have, but it just seems like more and more you're going to see a decimated Bears offense next season, yeah. no matter what. I mean, and then here's the other thing. It's like if you do hire a coach that's not Chuck Pagano, are you going to keep Chuck Pagano and keep the Stevens? Because the big problem is if you, if you are going to make changes, you can't make changes that – are kind of the, in the same vein of what happened when you hired Matt Nagy because you tried that. You, you hired someone, even though Vic Fangio did a great job the year before, and he maintained the defense. But then when he went away, you did see kind of a step back for the de- defense. Now Chuck has led us to being kind of that same caliber. We saw it on Monday night. They were creating takeaways where there really weren't takeaways to be had. And they shut down possibly the MVP of the season. Mm-hmm. He might not be MVP solely because of that Monday night. And I'm talking about Dalvin Cook getting completely shut down by the Bears. Yeah. He might not. He could have been, if he put up 200 yards on the Bears on Monday night, he could have been on the path to being MVP this year, mm-hmm. which is impressive considering Derrick Henry and all the prolific quarterbacks. So, like, you have this great defense. Are you really going to hire on another offensive guy who can basically just, like, take the defense for granted? I just, like, that, that seems like a bad move for the culture of the team. I think the best case scenario, and I've kind of long been saying this from private, is that you got to promote Chuck Pagano. You have to let him head the ship. Then you fix the offense by having him foster a new hire. Let him hire someone new. Because we're seeing that these assistant coaches, like, I don't, the, the Bears linebackers coach has to be amazing, right? I mean, we're seeing Barcavius Mingo play amazing Mm -hmm. and he's a guy you know when you talk about Robert Quinn last week like about how he's not producing as much well yeah you're paying a lot for him but you're not paying as much for Barcavius Bingo and he is producing you know Mm -hmm. it might not be sex but it's quality tackles that really like stunt drives and so um you know that's something that I hope they they, I hope they don't hire some new hotshot offensive mind Mm -hmm. as head coach I hope they promote Pagano because 
if you don't promote Pagano, you're going to have you know, you're either going to have one of two situations. You're going to have an offensive coach that there's kind of like a weird dynamic between amongst the whole team, or you're going to hire a new defensive coach to replace Pagano, which to me doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right? Those seem like the only two options. I think Pagano is a perfect fit, Drew. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I say that in the sense that the Bears need to embrace who they are. They need to be self-aware. I think of like programs like Iowa and Wisconsin. I know we're going we're kind of paralleling college football to professional football here. But they know who they are. They're going to play solid defense. They're going to be a run-first offense, Produce, have a solid quarterback and an amazing running back. I think the Bears need to make that their focal point. Um, focus on their defense and play complementary football with a solid offense. Obviously, that starts with saving your first-round draft pick, maybe trading one or two pieces to get two additional draft picks so you get the cheaper new guys and you develop your system around them. That's what I would do if I was Pagano. I also need to say Pace has found some gems in the later rounds, and I know we're far away from the uh, draft either in March or April. However, he's not hit on his first-round draft picks. And then, and I say that in the sense I think of uh, Floyd, who now is on the Rams, and he's producing out there. So I, I am curious. I, I, do, I don't think Nagy... I think he's a great coach. Um, I just don't think he's a good he's good for this personnel, if that makes sense. Throw him in like Arizona with Kyler Murray, he could do just as good, I think, as uh, Cliff Kingsbury is doing. I think the Bears just need to embrace who they are, be defensive first, play complementary football, get a quarterback that doesn't turn over the ball and doesn't hang on to it for more than five seconds, even though I know Foles was fighting for his life every every snap. So... He just, I don't know, I feel like Foles, sometimes he wouldn't move and it's like his feet were just stuck in mud and he wouldn't move up in the pocket, which is a very elementary concept, and he'd hang on to it too long. And then we, I know we said this earlier, Trubisky used to tuck it and run, you know? So it's, what kind of guy do they want at the quarterback position? You need to have a quarterback who doesn't turn it over and can win you games at sometimes. In, in the in the current state of the NFL, you really need a quarterback who can run. I mean, like, that, that Nick Foles looks like a great quarterback for 10 years ago. Right. Right? Like, he, he looks like someone who, I mean, like, can sit in the pocket with a lot of protection, make the right decision. But the problem is, right now, defenses are getting better. David, you've harped on it over and over and over again about how everybody's faster, everybody's bigger. And right now, I think, like, defensive coaches they don't get their um credit but really they are the ones pushing the game forward because they are inventing all these new concepts i mean right now if you watch the broadcast they talked about how uh, you know mike zimmer wanted to play cover two cover two cover two and protect it quote unquote protect his young corners Mm -hmm. well that's not necessarily what was happening Right now, defensive coaches are figuring out how to stop spread offenses, and that's by using split defenses. And so if you're not familiar with football, basically one side of the defense will play like a cover two scheme, and the other side will play like a cover one scheme. It'll it'll be various combinations, or it'll be cover three on the front side, cover two on the back side. So it'll be all these different types of uh, manipulations about how the field is actually um, compressing. And so, and that way the coach starts to control what, if you're like a longtime football fan, Fritz Shermer would always teach um, young coaches to get players to understand when zones collapse and contract. And so, and that's what you might call a matchup zone. 
And so right now it's like these old time coaches, even though they're not getting credit, you know, like big Fangio, like Mike Zimmer, they understand how to put their guys into spots that are basically just like shutting down these spread offenses week in and week out. So like, yes, very, uh, there are other teams that are producing with their, you know, kind of like air raid offenses, but the bears aren't doing it right now. Defensive coaches are playing very, or, calling plays very well and so it's like there's a little bit more to this whole narrative of what's going on with the bears that i think we're like acknowledging so back when you said that you think Nagy would do well with arizona it's like well a major part of that is because kyler murray can then manipulate the way that the defense is moving because he's so explosive with his feet mm-hmm. i don't know if you watched the game um with them in the lions right or no was it the bills this week right i watched it It was a great game like well you saw one like kyler murray had the presence of mind to like just stick his hand out he ran for a first down and like got it just solely by putting his hand forward like mm-hmm. that presence of mind only comes when you are working that fast the game, when you play faster, the the game slows down. Mm-hmm. And so it's like with Nick Foles for the Bears, well, when you're playing slower, the game speeds up, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it's kind of like relativity, right? If you're going to be – if your feet are going to be stuck in the mud like you said, well, then everyone else is going to look a lot faster. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help a struggling offense. Right, right. So it, it just underscores this idea that, like, the Bears offense, for all the talk about innovative, creative plays, it really looks pretty antiquated, whilst their opponents look to be pretty evolved. Yeah, and I'll do the converse. If they got a guy like Kirk Cousins who can just, like, play that, like, play off the run, just pound the ball twice every series and then set up for play action, I mean, that's, that's, that was quarterbacking 10 to 15 years ago, but it, it still works. But if they had a guy that that was like consistent, you know what you got, you know, you know what you had with them with their defense. I think the Bears would be two wins better. Well, and that's the type of football that works for Aaron Rodgers the past few years with uh, Jones and Williams this year. Like they run a lot. The Packers run a lot, and you know Aaron Rodgers isn't the fastest guy, but when he needs to, he can expand the field and draw guys off of receivers or get the first down with his feet, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I felt like Kirk Cousins looked like on Monday night. Kind of like an Aaron Rodgers, you're in, I don't know what you <laughs> want to call it. Is it an Aaron Rodgers-esque type of game where he just made very smart moves. And he, I think he got lucky on that first touchdown throw. I mm-hmm. mean, Buster Screen, he's been busting his behind all year and getting burned on just perfect throws, which is really a shame because mm-hmm. I think Buster Screen's really good. Yeah. And I think that maybe common fans might be like, oh, man, Buster Screen's always getting scored on. Well, that's not necessarily – I mean, like, come on. That was a perfect throw, right? Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I wrong That was here? a good like, throw. I think his feet did get caught up. He kind of tripped a little bit. I mean, the offense needs to put up points. The defense is out there a long time, and when you have your special team scoring more points than the offense, I mean – that's not good. The defense created turnovers. And that's something where, like, I think a lot of people are skeptical of coaches who try and tout that they coach turnovers. A lot of people, I think, in football don't believe that you can actually create them. I think a lot of people believe that, like, when you play zone, they're going to naturally happen more often because you can react quicker. And so I think it's, like, really just an understanding and coaching that, like, hey, understand when we're in that, be aware of, like, trying to create it. But you can't just manufacture them. You have to, like, 
capitalize off of them when they happen. And that's what the Bears did. The Bears mm-hmm. defense did capitalize off of them when those opportunities kind of came up. And, you know, the the Vikings didn't really give them a large window to create those turnovers. Mm-hmm. So they really executed at a high level. And it's just like, okay, the defense executed at a high level. The special teams did. Santos looks amazing. I know. We have a good kicker. We finally have a good kicker. I think he's only missed two kicks the whole year. He looks incredible. Like, even when Pinero would be out there, I would be nervous if mm-hmm. it was, like, a 50-yarder. I would probably be like, oh, man, I hope he makes it. Mm-hmm. Man, with Santos, it's, like, automatic. Yeah. Automatic, man. He, no worries. I and think then, Pinero's lost his job. You know, it, all it takes is, like, three games in a row where Santos misses kicks. Mm-hmm. And it's there's going to be discussion. You know, that's all it would take. But then you see the special teams, their return game, massively improved over the past few weeks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. say for Dwayne Harris's muff, I mean, like, he should have seen that Kyle Fuller got beat on the inside, but I see, like, you kind of see what they were thinking is that, hey, the offense isn't going to score, so I better take this back. And if he, was he pressing. Catch it, if he caught it just a split second earlier, then Kyle Fuller could have washed down that, mm-hmm. um, that player and it could have been a huge return, yeah. right? So, like, you kind of see what he was thinking. It's too bad it didn't turn out. It's the right move to then put Anthony Miller back there to catch the pots, you know? Just let him work it out in practice, get back out there next Sunday mm-hmm. um, or two Sundays from now. But, like, the return game, Cordero Patterson was amazing. Yeah, right? he's and, a stud. And that's the thing. He picked his spots, too. It wasn't the same thing where he kept trying to return it. He took a few touchbacks, and then he turned one into a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And so every phase of the game seems to be working except this offense. And so I, I guess – um. One last thing about the offense is, like, what do you think about Bill Lazor's, the the pace of the game with him calling the plays? I mean, I thought the pace was great initially. I mean, out of the gates, the Bears looked pretty good before, um, you know, having to punt it. But Or not even punt it. I think they turned it over on the first series. But, you know, I thought his, the play calling wasn't any better. I don't think they have the personnel to run either system. I, I mean, it's kind of befuddling. I just we need a run game. We need a run game. We just don't have one. Well, I don't think I missed David Montgomery this week, mm-hmm. which I think says a lot. Yeah. Like, when you have a starting running back not there, you would hope that to be missed. Right. I don't think we were missing much not having Montgomery out there. I think Cordell Patterson really stepped up. I think he made all the right cuts for what he had coming at him in that Vikings defense. So mm-hmm. I, I thought he looked good. But then again, he's not a true running back. You know, mm-hmm. like he's doing so much during the night. That what I wish he would get more from Cordero Patterson, you know, they talk about getting a player out in space. I kind of wish they would split him out more and like put him and Allen Robinson on the same side and like play games with the routes that you're getting from those two right next to each other. Mm-hmm. I-, I wish you'd see more of that. But, you know, with him in the running back role, you know, but I mean, he had a huge first down for, uh, receiving. Yeah. You know, like, he had a few huge plays not being a sole running back. But to your point about the play calling, I would agree. I would agree with that. We didn't get much more. But I think it was better having Nagy manage the game. I thought they mm-hmm. managed their timeouts. And, like, there were a few times where I was kind of, like, chuckling seeing what Matt Nagy was doing on the sideline. I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that, like, too. It's like, but, well, man, am I? what am I supposed to do now? He, well, I was like, is he just a hype fan now? Because he was, like, knocking balls away from the side. But then I realized, I think there was a player with his helmet off, and he didn't want him to get, like, concussed mm-hmm. from Kirk Cousins' throw. So I was right. like, okay, okay, I'll give him that one. But it's like, 
it was kind of weird. I think that he needs to be more comfortable being like a manager because I think it was more beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think there weren't as many like kind of like bonehead timeouts or bonehead moves. So I think that was positive. I, I, the one thing though is you've said it for a long time about how this offense is really about play design. And going back to that first drive, I mean, they opened up with that like a really weird bubble screen in my opinion because mm-hmm. they start with the receiver stacked and thinking of a defense, if you start with your receiver stacked, you know that one guy's already calling, I'll take the right route, I'll take the left route because they don't want to get picked. Right, mm-hmm. they already have that as a preset call, and you're going to cover. And they did have two DBs out there covering them. So if you're going to run then a screen, and you have two guys essentially they're zoned up on on top of these two receivers, well, if you're going to run a screen, you're going to block one zone and not block the other. Mm-hmm. That's the only possible outcome. So it's just like it's just begging to get stopped, right? Which to me is a play design thing, right? And and on that one. They put Cordell Patterson on the other side to try and like get another defender away from the pass defense, but like, so I guess that was designed decently. But it, it just to me, when the Bears do good like wide receiver like bubble type screens, it always comes out of empty and it always comes out of gut. Mm-hmm. And it's, having it not an empty, especially on that first drive, just didn't make much sense to me. Like if they came out in the first play in an empty set with like five wide receivers on the field, mm-hmm. I'd be like, as a defensive person, I'd be like, whoa, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. But the problem is they don't do that. They do something that's very predictable and very easy to defend. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a play design thing, right? Right, right. They are a little predictable with their play calling. Um, I think defenses know to pull back all of their DBs and safeties and just give them the four yards um, here and there, the dip and dunk. Um, so I, I don't know. It just – the Bears need to switch it up. I, I think what, what the Vikings do with pound it, pound it, then set it up for play action for Kirk Cousins is what the Bears need to do. They need an MVP caliber running back. That's yeah, it helps when you have Dalvin <laughs> Cook, for sure. I hate to say it. I mean, Jordan Howard, he is on the market. I don't think they're going to make any moves now. If they haven't made any moves, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Are they just like raising the white flag? Because they haven't made any aggressive moves thus far. So it doesn't. I don't see them doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying. I'm seriously trying to keep an open mind. I thought David Montgomery, seeing his college highlights, was amazing, and he was explosive and fast. However, I'm not seeing any difference with his game and Jordan Howard's game. In fact, Jordan Howard is better. Yeah. Well, that in mind about the future of the Bears. Uh, before we go today, we got to cover what's the playoff outlook look like now because. That was one where you would hope that the Bears could at least take the home game against the Vikings. But now they have their, I believe, first division loss in their second division game. And that, when it comes down to tiebreakers, that could be a big problem. Because mm-hmm. right now I think the Packers have one division loss thanks to the Vikings. So if they split with the Packers and the Packers manage to win out, even if they – Went out. I mean, like you might be losing that tiebreaker now, right? Like, mm-hmm. and when I looked at their schedule, I mean, I can't see this team going higher than nine and seven at this point because I think there's at least two losses left on the schedule um, because they play some good football teams. Um, you know, we saw the Jags are not their defense is good, and that's the the Jags are that type of team that the Bears do not match up well against. Yes, the mm-hmm. off the defense will dominate the Jags' offense. But they're going to dominate everyone. They just dominated the MVP running back candidate, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you go through this list, 
I think the Texans, you know, maybe it's easier to win because, you know, as good as Romeo Cornell is at coaching, um, his D, uh, you know, I, it's going to be hard to see them losing to the Texans, I think, at this point. That said, we don't know. The quarterback is totally up in the air. We don't even know who's starting against Green Bay right now. Mm-hmm. And then you got to play Green Bay twice at the Vikings. You got, And then you got the, the Lions again, who are a different team than week one. They look a lot better. And they looked good against the Bears. So I think you have at least two losses. So the best you can hope for is 9-7. and seven And they're not, you're not going to make the playoffs this year. I, I, there's no way I, I could see them making the playoffs at 9-7 and seven mm-hmm. because of the way the tiebreakers are working out. I mean, like, best-case scenario, the Bears manage maybe to go 10-6, and six, like, on a miracle. Mm-hmm. And then and even then they could miss it because of that Rams game. If the Rams... I think the Rams have a high chance of going somewhere around 10 and six mm-hmm. and being that last wild card spot. And so those tiebreakers are just going to come back to really bite you. I mean, yeah, the running's definitely on the wall. I mean, nine and seven, I feel like is very, that's optimal um, for us. Uh, I think eight and eight's more reasonable to be honest with you. Another eight and eight yeah. season. Everyone was kind of befuddled how the bears were five and one initially to start out the season. And, you know, after four straight losses, it's, it's, due in part because of their lousy offense. I hate to say it. I think the bye week will be very interesting. Um, I read that Matt Nagy is going to sit down individually with all the players just to kind of get a vibe on what their whole process is and what can he do and his staff do to put them in positions to be successful. Um, What that tells me is he's trying to boost morale and there's some potential locker room stuff going on. Um, For as positive and as good of the culture as the Bears have built, and how good it, the cult, um, the vibe is. Um, when you're losing and you have got guys that are really talented, you're bound to bump into people getting frustrated, especially the defense. I mean, number one, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. And I would think that they should be having one to one meetings, at least between the coordinators with each player periodically throughout the season. So I don't know why they're not doing that. I mean, that's how I would run a team. I mean, that was what um, I mean, was reported. I don't know, like, how often they did that, but that was highlighted um, within okay. the article I read via The Athletic. Okay, and then number two, it's like that thing just highlights how great Chuck Pagano has done this year because, you know, you saw this defense. They don't care what the score is. They yeah. had it, a feather in their hat now because they shut down Dalvin Cook, and we saw how hyped they were at the end. I don't even know if Dalvin Cook shook their hands. You know, like, he beat were, the He got beat pretty good. They were going back and forth at the end of the game, you know, like the, the Trevathan, um, you know, from kind of the first hit of the game Trevathan put on Dalvin Cook kind of set the tone. And then that continued throughout the entirety of all four quarters. And, you know, Roquan Smith, um, Brett Urban, like all of them were still in it to the last snap. And the fact that he's able to get them to be that motivated on this really lackluster team, it proves how great of a coach he is. Absolutely. Right? Like, that's a really good sign. I think and, he's a good fit for the organization moving forward. Yeah, and so that's a good sign. Red flag that Matt Nagy's having one-on-ones at week 11 to check. I mean, I guess maybe it's a bi-week thing, but that just, I, I don't know. That That's no not good. So things aren't looking great for the Bears. They have a bi-week um, coming up on Thanksgiving, which in the past few years, they've usually looked to Thanksgiving to fit in extra games, really play a lot of games in a few days and really turn their seasons around. This year, we'll be welcome to have the break to reset for the Packers on November 29th. Um, And we'll be covering our preview of that next week 
as well as some other topics about football and just the state of the game and what's working, what's not. Tune in next week for some added little takes on football, and we'll be making our calls for the Packers game. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.